all across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. Aha, uh-huh. no, it's not Dale Throneberry, but I am talking to you right now. Welcome to today's uh, Veterans Radio program. I want to make sure that you are uh, listening in. Our guest host today is going to be Eric Fretz, and Eric is a uh, Navy veteran, a uh, professor at the University of Michigan, and also happens to be a board member of Veterans Radio America, who produces this program. So I want you to all sit back and get ready to listen to Eric's program. He's going to be talking about a number of programs that are going on around here in southeast Michigan uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, they're going to be a vet fest, what they call Fest, and his guest on today's program is a good friend of his uh, who runs a, a nonprofit for veterans called Vet Life Today, and that's Josh Parrish. So before we get into his interview and his program today, I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors because without your support out there, we can never do Veterans Radio. So number one is uh, Legal Help for Veterans, and Legal Help for Veterans, of course, specializes in veteran disability claims. Give them a call. That's Legal Help for Veterans at 800-693-4800, or you can go to their website and start your claim right away. That's LegalHelpForVeterans.com. The National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, is the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of veteran-owned businesses. For more information, go to their website, that's nvbdc.org, or give them a call at 888-237-8433. That's 888-237-8433. The Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information about the Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center in Ann Arbor, go to va.gov slash Ann Arbor Healthcare. The Veterans Lending Council. Learn everything that there is to know about VA loans, whether you're trying to get a VA loan or you're a realtor talking with your clients about VA loans, or even if you're a banker trying to uh, distribute the funds from a VA loan, go to Facebook and look up Veterans Lending Council. You can learn more about these organizations and the services that they offer by going to veteransradio.net slash our sponsors. And of course, we always want you to become a sponsor. We also want to make sure that we thank our local veteran service organizations, and that would be the American Legion Post 46 here out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's the Irwin Prescorn Post. And the Vietnam Veterans of America, the Chapter 310. That's the Charles S. Kettles. Uh, chapter here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We want to thank those men and women for their support over these many years. We've been doing this now for, this is our 19th year. I don't know if you can, <laughs> I find that hard to believe. I'm sure that you must as well. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to, as I mentioned, I just wanted to mention that uh, the vet fest that they're going to be talking about during their interview uh, with Eric and, and Josh is coming up um, Saturday, uh, July 23rd. And it's going to be at the Washtenaw Community College, uh, Morris Lawrence building. It's, uh, they got all kinds of things. They discuss what, what is going to be there, but put that on your calendar. I think it's something that's going to be very interesting for all of you that are here in southeastern Michigan. And, um, if you're listening out in California or Minnesota, here's something you can copy. You know, just get a hold of us and we will give you the information on how you can put on your own vet fest out wherever you are listening to this program. So as I mentioned before, we're getting ready to go into this. Eric's uh, 
program is all keyed up. So we're going to do that. I'll be back at the end of the very, very end of the program to talk about some other things that are coming up here on Veterans Radio. So stay tuned right now. All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Fretz, and we're back with another great episode of Veterans Radio. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a good friend of mine, a longtime colleague, Josh Parrish. We're going to talk about a number of interesting things, including the start of an interesting Michigan uh, state-level initiative called the VCATS, or Veteran Community Action Team, and an interesting event that when we were working together, we started something called a Vet Fest, and why that was a thing that we did. And then we'll talk a little bit more about some interesting stuff that Josh has been doing in the last couple of years in the nonprofit space. And then we'll talk a little bit more about some really great Vet Fests that are coming up, three of them, here in the Southeast Michigan area. So, Josh, welcome. Again, a great Army veteran friend of mine for a lot of years. And I'd like to just sort of hand the mic over to you for a moment so you can talk a little bit about your background and how you came to be where you're at. And then we'll segue into a little bit of some of our early work years ago. So please uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. So, yeah, Eric and I, we've known each other for, I would say, probably about seven or eight years now. Uh, I have a lot of respect for you and what you do. I met you when I had first started working for Livingston County Veterans Services, which is a county department of Veterans Affairs office. Mm -hmm. There's 83 counties in Michigan. So essentially, there's supposed to be 83 county department of Veterans Affairs offices. It's supposed to be. <laughs> and so it's supposed to be, yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later, um, because I think a lot of my success, our success is, is working like interagency across the board. But to get into my story, I used to think it was a very uncommon story, but I've been doing what I'll call veteran service provision work. Just loosely, I'll call it that because it's kind of a jack of all trades, wear many hats type thing. And so when I left the military in 2008, I had a really hard time processing some of the things that I saw overseas. I served in the initial invasion of Iraq in 03, and there, there weren't a lot of rules of engagements back then. And really, our, our mission was just to take over Baghdad and kill Saddam. And after that, they started, I guess, you know, getting more of a, a, a appointed mission status. Mm -hmm. But before that, I really felt like I was Rambo for, you know, almost a year and we just kind of slept on the side of the road, on you know rivers, and we just—it was just really cool experience. Eating but... MREs and blowing stuff up. Exactly, exactly. And I, uh, you know, when you're 21, 22 years old, you really feel like you're invisible. And so, I compartmentalized a lot of the things that I saw, and it wasn't until I got home and really started struggling with flashbacks and nightmares and not being able to sleep and just being very easily irritable. And uh, mm -hmm. I really started to realize that I, there's some things that I really need to work on. So I, I reached out to my unit commander and I, I asked him, what what do I do? Where do I go? And of course, the military is really good at teaching how to kill people, but they're not good at teaching you how to talk about your feelings yeah. and process things. Yeah. So, You're going to one week class uh, when you leave uh, and that's about it. And there's no psychology in there. Yeah. So no, no. And so for a while, you know, I, you kind of have a target on your back. They're like, oh, this guy's weak. He can't process stuff. And so after I left the military in 2008, I struggled with alcohol. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I thought I was in the minority. But the more I've been doing this for this many years, I realized that 
this is this is commonality. This is a lot of veterans face this when they leave the military. And so I this really lack started of awareness, to realize the lack of awareness of resources, the right? lack of awareness of resource. Well, it's not even the lack of. a. Yeah, I mean, there's lack of awareness of resources. It's not that the resources aren't there. Right. So so I really started to realize that this is a systemic issue. This isn't this isn't a, a region nine, a region 10, a region one issue. This is a country issue. Yep. And, yeah, this is a nationwide issue. So it really wasn't until I started working for the county office that I met you and I realized that the resources are there. We just, as as a whole, not just the government, but the veteran community, we do need to do a better job of trying to help educate veterans on their benefits and where to go. You know, and, and VetLife, when we started VetLife, I'll get into that in a little bit but we positioned ourselves as a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. You should not have to go to 10 different agencies and get confused. Because one thing I do know, on average, I believe there was a Princeton study done. It was either Princeton or Harvard, where they asked, I think it was like 2,500 prior military. How many times will you ask for assistance before you know you just give up and kind of fall through the cracks and blend back into society as a civilian? And what they found was, a veteran will ask on average three times for assistance. If they can't get that assistance, they just stop looking for those benefits. And so that's our goal is, and I know it's Eric's goal as well, to make sure that these these men and women, these heroes are taken care of after they leave the military. So, mm-hmm. yep. So, yeah, you and I met and I was working for the county and then I went to work for the state and I had an opportunity to, to work with you again with the VCAT. So I took a job and 2016 with the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency as a regional coordinator. And so what that entailed was coordinating benefits in a region nine, which was a six county region Mm -hmm. uh, for around 65,000 veterans. But here's, here's the crazy part, Eric. And this is where I hope people that are watching this truly realize that, you know, you think that the government has a firm handle on, you know, what we'll call veteran resource provision targeted outreach, trying to connect veterans to their benefits. State gave us each of these regional coordinators a budget to do these town halls. These town halls were these big things that mm-hmm. were the, the the next cool thing to do. So they give you a budget and I started doing these town halls. And what I realized is, let's say over the course of one year, I did eight town halls. I would have 30 to 40 resource providers at every single town hall, but I'd only have five or six veterans. And it's and not just... Five or six yeah, it's not just those. I mean, anytime there's like a resource fair, any of these things you see put on, I think it's all too common. I would say that of all of those sorts of events that I've been to, 90% have more providers and agencies there than actual veterans seeking information and signing up. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, quite honestly, I, I'd, I'd see the same veterans over and over and over. And it was always the older veterans, the Vietnam, maybe Korea War veterans. But I noticed a trend that we just weren't getting the the younger, younger veterans yeah. involved. And Cold War here's where you, yeah. Well, here's where you come into the story. And, and if it wasn't for your help with helping me start the Veterans Treatment Court in Livingston County, I don't think I would have ever stumbled upon this. You ever have that light bulb moment? And so what happened was is we started that Veterans Treatment Court, and it's a pretty simple process. You know, you pair the veteran up with a mentor, mentor who's yeah. mentor. Uh, is supposed to keep the veteran on track, kind of be a buddy, um, because the judge isn't going to, the judge or the probation officer isn't going to see the veteran, you know, more than once, maybe twice a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the back of the court, and I think we had 15 to 20 participants at that time. And I noticed that, so every two weeks, the veteran would go up and talk to the judge and say, I, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm, you know, 
didn't smoke any drugs or, you know, hit my wife or yep. drive drunk or whatever. But what I found was the recidivism rate literally almost dropped to 0%. So that right to reoffend almost dropped to 0% when the family was involved in the process. So this family, this wife, the kids, the mom, the dad, the grandmother are sitting in the back of the courtroom every single time this veteran goes in there and it keeps the veteran on track. Mm -hmm. So the light bulb moment, and I know we'll talk about it more in a little bit, but the concept of vet vet fest, that was the light bulb. I'm like, all these events that we do at the state, the county, the federal level is specifically targeted to the veteran. Why not get the family involved in the process? And I can personally attest to this. My wife, I don't want to use too much profanity, but I want to make a point. You know, my wife kicked my ass in shape. Mm -hmm. She said, listen, you are going to do this. You are going to do that. And you know what you say? Yes, Mm -hmm. ma'am. I will do that. And you just tell me when and where to go and I'll go do it. So that that's why VetFest, when we started VetFest, it had to have that family component yeah. in it to ensure the success. Yeah, and the secondary thing of just make it an independently desirable entertainment destination that they would come to anyway, and it's free. And, oh, by the way, here are these 50 tables of people <laughs> who would love to give you free stuff, free services, discounted services, all these benefits – why wouldn't they spend five, 10 minutes? I mean, they're not going to necessarily, when they, they see a flyer about it and it's going to be at the American Legion post one town over. So it's a 15 minute drive and it's three hours long, but they're like, you know, am I going to go and I want to drive and I'm watching this show or whatever. But if it's now, Oh, I'm going to take the kids. We're going to see bands. We're going to get food. There's going to be raffles. There's going to be a kayak you can win all of a sudden. It just becomes a no-brainer to go. And I think that was kind of the genius of this VetFest thing that we rolled out together in, in VCAT 9, and it was really effective. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it was uh, that was early years of VCAT were kind of interesting, right, because we were kind of trying to figure it out. And it was, a, a you know, a strong effort, um, not always not always focused on target, but there was a lot of effort done by the state, you know, started under, it was Snyder, I think, who started the, the MVA, right? He, he noticed that basically Michigan was like the 13th largest state in terms of veteran population, and we're like 52nd out of 56 states and territories in terms of percentage of benefits per veteran per capita, you know, and um, that's terrible because that's in some cases a hundred million dollars maybe a year that could be coming into the state or more in terms of benefits that aren't coming in uh, that could and should not to mention all the vets that could use local services that weren't getting them so yeah the vcats were great because they assigned one to each of the prosperity zones and as you mentioned nine which is ours is here in washington and and five surrounding counties and then they wanted to have them in every other area about five of them are still i think going strong um, the others are trying to work on, you know, overall where, where it clicks, it's super effective because what ends up happening is throughout all these counties, you have this one group that's, that works on connecting everyone. So now the equine therapy person down in Lenaway County, who's dealing with someone who's doing great, except he's got a terrible housing problem, but that other, you know, he's like really tough to solve. And the equine person is like, gosh, you know, I want to help you, but I don't know who the housing person is. Well, the VCAT hits this two ways. They come to all of our events and they see our different presentations and they meet everybody. So they may actually get a housing person in their Rolodex. But if they don't, they contact the VCAT and say, hey, I've got this issue. And the VCAT says, oh, well, here on our list or here who we already know is this housing authority that works in Lenaway and Jackson County and give them a call. Or even better, the warm handoff. We call them and say, hey, we got yeah. somebody in Lenaway. Here's the information. Do the warm handoff. That is just so much more effective because it prevents, as you mentioned, this vet who's – you just give the vet the phone number. So you give him a call. 
So he calls, and they're not in the office to leave the message. He calls, and he talks to somebody, but the somebody can't help them because the person who can help them is taking a paid day off or something. And that's it. They never call back a third time. And that's a shame. Whereas if you do a warm handoff, it's much more effective. So I think the VCATs have done a, a really nice job for, for what they've done, and I've really enjoyed working with and, and keeping a VCAT 9 going. And then, you know, to focus back on the Vet Fest, you know, we did like I think two or three there with VCAT nine in some different areas. Um, I know we were yeah. up in um, we were up at Mount Brighton at the ski resort one time. That was fun in their parking lot. What else? Let me see. Your memory's probably better than mine. What What were those first couple uh, like? I mean, they were a little smaller. Well, obviously, we were figuring things out. So, if you'll remember, the first one we did at the Brighton Harley Davidson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think we had about two or 300 there. And then the next year, Mount Brighton, right, right, we had yeah. 1,500. Yeah. And then we did uh, Clear University. We had over 3,000. That, yeah, that and was that when we got really big. Crazy. I remember that one. Yeah. And VetLife, yeah. VetLife was coming into its own then, right? And that, that was the one where we had the parking across the street and people kept going across the highway. That <laughs> yeah. was an inadvertent, like, oops, don't do that again. You guys, yeah, we, pro- we, had, we, we provided a bus. Yeah. yeah, we had to have the sheriff go out there and stop traffic on Grand River. And if you know if you know anything about Grand River, that's, it is not a... That's a big road. It, it's a highly traveled road. Um, yeah. I, I did want to circle back around real quick because you did make an interesting point about why the VCATs were so successful, in my personal opinion. Uh, my first week on the job, uh, I'm a hands-on guy. I, I like to know what I'm doing and, and what tools I have in my toolbox to work with. So you said Governor Snyder, through an executive order, created the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency because internally they realized that if Puerto Rico is doing a better job than the state of Michigan at helping veterans, then maybe we're doing something wrong. So we, we did know that in 2019 that uh, we had a veteran population 11th highest in the country, a little shy of 600,000, but with less than 18% of that population were connected to a federal benefit. And so I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around why this is. You have a central coordinating agency, which is the MBAA, uh, who has a call center. So I went into the call center and I said, all right, I, I want to do a hypothetical situation to the one of the call center employees. My name is, you know, Tim. I live in Hillsdale County. I need a new roof. And it blew my mind to see that the person behind the computer went to Google and typed in veteran Hillsdale County needs roof, who to call or something like that. And I said, so you don't have a central database. Why are you not using these regional coordinators, you know, to really feel out who the, who the vetted resources are out in that area? And they didn't have an answer for me. Which is, again, why it was such a, a blessing to work with somebody like you, because you and I are, are so like-minded that, you know, you've mentioned it two or three times in this 10-minute conversation, how important it is to have these vetted resources, how detrimental to the veteran it is to have duplication of efforts. And a warm handoff really is the only way, in my personal opinion, to make sure that these vets are getting taken care of. Yep, totally agree. Totally so. agree. 
Yep. So yep. these uh, these early vet fests sort of slowly grew. You know, we started kind of small. We got up to where you're getting a couple thousand. You know, I know um, the basic premise, right, of, you know, get some bands, get some food, get some entertainers, get some bounce houses, get some military trucks, get some fire and EMS. You know, uh, you you also really seem to love to have guys jumping out of the sky. So I know you do you do have a lot of skydivers yeah. <laughs> do that. Um, publicize it really well. And then, you know, you, you really do a good job canvassing the local businesses and, and groups to see if they can get get um, some raffle items. So I know the last one that you did up in Livingston, and I mean, there was like, you know, three rounds of raffles that, that had to be, that had to be 10 grand worth of stuff, you know, plus like a lease on a car or a truck, right? So really, you know, really mm-hmm. nice work. And so it's just such a great thing. I mean, imagine as a veteran, you, you how could you not go to these events? And so this right. idea of like, keep building the event until it becomes something that is almost not resistible. And then that is the thing that all those providers want because they're so used to going places and seeing five people. And now you're guaranteeing that if you come here for these four hours, you will have 500 to 2,000 veterans you know, walking by your table, right? You will yeah. walk away with page after page after page of new clients, referrals, everything. It is just such a great idea and really sort of a, a veteran helping idea whose sort of time has come right so the, the so we, again we started really small right you know a couple hundred people at the harley davidson just from off the top of your head because i know you're good with this because you're you're an excellent pr guy give me the give me the highlights of the recap of last year 2021 you know i know it was in a huge like a fairgrounds right it was uh, yeah up in livingston and this was really nicely done i mean a huge parking area very well organized had like a bunch of food trucks a huge uh covered area for all the providers and you know, with mini golf, it was really impressive. So what were the, what were the kind of the final numbers and the big highlights from that? So we had over 2,500 pass through the gates. We had uh, 68 resource providers, but again, that goes back to the duplication of efforts for resource providers. We want to make sure that, so VetLife operates off of four core pillars. These are the four main issues that veterans face when they leave military service, education, employment, healthcare, quality of life. If you fall within one of those hats or those buckets, we invite you to be a resource provider at the event. We just make sure that, you know, we don't want people selling anything because I think about it this way. Something you said in the early stages really stuck with me and it's so simple. I mean, you said, if you feed them, they will come. Uh, (laughs) And I'll I'll never forget that. You know, it's really trial and error, but we really feel like we found our home with these fairgrounds. These fairgrounds are just built in large spaces. So, I mean, if you close your eyes the way that it looks like, we want to make the veteran and their family feel like complete rock stars for an entire day. So they come through the line, the veteran gets their stamp and the golden ticket that makes them eligible for the prizes. So we give away five prizes every hour, about 20 prizes, ranging from at the minimum a $300 prize. But last year we gave away like a $3,000 brand new mattress. Uh, we gave away AR-15s, black powder rifles, kayaks, TVs. I mean, you name it. I mean, grills, Home Depot donated a grill. So when you come through with you and your family, we want to encourage this as like a free day out. What, yeah. what would you need to have to really draw you into an event with you and your family? Mm-hmm. And so what that looks like is bounce houses, live bands, beer tents, four to five food trucks um yeah the beer tent uh, was a nice addition you even had like a partnership with was that somebody a vodka or a local uh, distillery yeah Uh, that was really impressive 
the gentleman named Ade runs this, uh, it's called Benchmark Beverage. So that, I mean, for it's a win-win for both of us because, you know, his sole job is to, I guess, highlight some of these brands of alcohol that just aren't mainstream yet. I mean, they had Polar Bear Vodka, one of the best vodkas I've ever had. And, and the good thing is, is when vets get around each other, kind of like you're back in the military again. And yeah. that's the atmosphere the good part we of it, want yeah. to promote. The <laughs> no, good part, no, yeah. Nobody yelling at you to clean up the parking lot, though. Which is good. No, no, you're not rolling down a hill in 110 degree weather because you, you know, didn't shine your boots well. But yeah, so yeah, the simple, the the concept is simple. You know, we want to get these men and women and their families through the door, and then that's where the real process begins because you just naturally are gravitated to these resource providers. You know, you may not need every resource there, but we're going to make sure that if there's a resource you need, it's going to be on hand. Yep. And we do follow up after this. We do follow up with veterans. We do exit surveys to make sure that Tom, the gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps, reached out to you know a service dog agency that that service dog agency followed up with them mm-hmm. because Closing if they didn't, loops. they're just yeah, they're just not invited to the next event. So nice. Yeah. So okay, well, this is all very helpful, and it's been a nice review. So we've talked a little bit about your background, the early days of the VCAT, and early days of VetFest, and sort of a little bit of a review of last year's VetFest. So in our next segment, we're going to talk specifically about what's going to be at the VetFests uh, coming up. So do stay with us, and we'll be back shortly with more details on this year's VetFests. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Chaplain Joseph O'Callaghan, administered to the wounded and dying, led firefighting crews, and directed the jettisoning of live ammunition from his stricken ship. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. Why do I serve in the U.S. Navy? For freedom. Freedom of religion. What America stands for. Why do I serve in the U.S. Navy? For honor. Everybody. And watch out for everybody. Freedom to vote. Democracy. Freedom go outside and play with my kids. I joined the Navy to serve my country. Every freedom that we have. The right to raise our kids in peace. My little brother. My wife. My kids. Our children's children. The United States Navy. It's not for ourselves alone that we serve. O'Callaghan was serving as chaplain on board the USS Franklin when that vessel was fiercely attacked by enemy Japanese aircraft. Calmly braving the barriers of fire and twisted metal to aid his men and his ship, O'Callaghan groped his way through smoke-filled quarters to the open flight deck and into the midst of violently exploding bombs, shells, rockets, and other armament. With the ship rocked by incessant explosions, with debris and fragments raining down and fires raging in ever-increasing fury, he ministered to the wounded and dying, comforting and encouraging men of all faiths. He organized and led firefighting crews into the blazing inferno on the flight deck. He directed the jettisoning of live ammunition and the flooding of the magazine. He manned a hose to cool hot armed bombs rolling dangerously on the listing deck, continuing his efforts despite searing, suffocating smoke which forced men to fall back gasping. O'Callaghan inspired the officers and men of the Franklin to fight heroically and with profound faith in the face of almost certain death and to return their stricken ship to port. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran. 
a close friend, relative, maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help, but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. VeteransCrisisLine.net. A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. Fritz again with the second half of our discussion with Josh Parrish. Uh, in our first uh, segment, we talked about the early days of VCAT and uh, an idea called VetFest that we've kicked off. In this segment, we're going to talk in a little greater detail about all the great stuff going on at the three, count them, three VetFests going on in Southeast Michigan. They either are supervised by myself or Josh. And then we'll talk a little bit at the end about some interesting initiatives that Josh is working on with his nonprofit called VetLife. So, Josh, welcome back. And, you know, we've got, uh, I'll let you go first because you, uh, this VetFest idea has sort of taken off. I know you've kind of developed and pushed the idea really far, and then VCAT has decided to do one here in Washtenaw and try and kind of add to the success. So I'll let you go first, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Washtenaw one. So tell us what's going on in the not one but two VetFests that you're doing this year, um, and then give the folks who might be interested a good way to sort of get some additional information online. Sure. So, yeah, we'll do two VetFests this year. We'll actually do three next year. We're finalizing the one in Detroit. Uh, potentially at Ford Field, so nice. that that that'll be a game changer for us. Um, but so here's why I think Vet Life and Vet Fest has had such great success in in the space that you know is occupied by probably a thousand different nonprofits that say they help veterans. I I, I try to be very strategic in my approach to you know I look at what's my what's my final outcome you know my predicted outcome that I want. I want every veteran in the state of Michigan to be screened for their benefits. And I always say, you know, just because you're a veteran doesn't mean you're necessarily entitled to every benefit, but at the very least we should screen you and you should have the final decision on whether or not you apply for those benefits, whether it be a VA home loan, education assistance, healthcare or disability compensation to name a few but to circle back around why i think our events have been such a, such a success is i've really leaned on uh local legislatures state and federal legislatures to really educate them on it. to me it's a no-brainer so i'll go to the county board of commissioners in whatever area we're doing events in and i'll say listen i know for a fact that i can I can see through what's called a GDX report that measures federal dollars coming back into individual counties throughout the state that you're only seeing around eight to 10% of your veteran population. So we'll take Livingston County, for example, Livingston County has 11,000 veterans, but in 2019, they saw less than 10%. They only saw around 900 veterans that year. But what that did was it brought $11 million in recoverables back what I mentioned before, disability compensation, let's say that we get Eric Fretz rated at 100% with a wife and two kids, that's 3,500 tax-free a month. And what does that create? It creates an indirect economic benefit. All you have to do is open your doors, get more veterans through your doors. And I tell these board of commissioners, what if I can get 20% through your doors? What if I can get 30% through your doors? That's $11 million, $22 million, $33 million potentially coming into your local counties, being spent in your local stores, stimulating your local economy. And you can always see when a light bulb just uh, goes off in somebody's mind. Yep. And, of course, legislatures, 
that's what they want to do. They want to get reelected and they want to show a meaningful impact on society. So that's where we've been successful with, um, I guess, uh, expanding our events. And I, I do have to mention the Ross common probably wouldn't have been my first choice just because it's very rural West branch Ross common area smack dab in the middle of Livingston County and the UP. And so what really moved me emotionally and, and really gave the green light to go ahead to do this vet fest in Roscommon County. And I have his blessing to say this guy named Larry reached out to me after the Livingston County vet fest. And he said, listen, I just drove three and a half hours to your event with my family. And I didn't know anything about it. I just had a feeling that it was going to be a really, really good event. He goes fast forward about six months. He had lost 50 pounds. He had been, uh, he applied for disability at the event, got 100% permanent in total, got connected with a service dog through Christine, through Blue Star Service Dogs. And he said, listen, man, you just changed my life. He goes, if I wouldn't have come to your event, I'd still been struggling. He goes, let me do a vet fest in Roscommon County. So, of course, we, we always want our vet fest to be, if we can, at county fairgrounds because they just it's built in everything. They have electricity, they have parking, they have the space. So our, our goal is to have vet fest events quarterly throughout Michigan in strategic locations. I mentioned we want one in Detroit. We want over in Grand Rapids, Kent County area because they have like 39,000 veterans over there right now just got off a conference call last week right before the fourth with a, a woman in texas that wants to do a vet fest event in the dallas area and then i got another phone call from a lady in virginia that wants to do a vet fest in virginia so i mean we're we're gaining traction interesting uh, with these events nice so so this uh, that all sounds great and can you give us a little more in terms of specifics in terms of what it's going to look like both uh, at the Roscommon and the Livingston i mean I, we've talked a little bit earlier about all the cool things that were there last year so i'm assuming yeah. it's going to be uh, same same but better right yeah yeah i'm well the first year Roscommon we're shooting for around 1000 veterans i mentioned you know for me that would be a success mm-hmm. uh, so it'll be kind of a pared down vet fest event livingston county always rocks i mean i think we already have over 1100 people registered for that event uh, and we just opened the uh, event right up for like that two weeks ago but what it will look like is a veteran and their family will come through the gates the veteran everybody will get a food token so at vet fest you don't pay for anything unless you want an event t-shirt we pay like 10 bucks for the t-shirt we charge 20 bucks and that just kind of goes back into the piggy bank to pay for the bands and pay for the stages and all that good stuff. So what it looks like is uh, the veteran gets a stamp and he gets a golden ticket and that registers him for the five prizes that we draw per hour. When they walk through the gates, what you'll see is you'll see uh, we have cornhole, we have putt-putt, you'll have Rory the Lion there, you'll see Darren McCarty, you'll see Eric Hippel, you'll see Josh Prezian who just won a UFC fight. And what I think is pretty cool is the August event for VetFest, uh, we, we've been doing uh, backpack giveaways for the last six or seven years. So this year we have branded VetLife backpacks. You'll be able to go through the line. You'll get a backpack filled with school supplies if you have a kid. And then you'll also be able to move on and uh, Eric and Eddie and Josh and Darren and all the celebs there will sign autographs for you. They'll take pictures with you. Nice. And then you 
Let's say you get a little hungry, so you're going to go over to one of the five food trucks ranging from Captain's Woodfire Pizza, Nick Manisto's good friend of mine out of the Brighton area. Uh, you'll have uh, Dennis and Mary's Chicken. You'll have Mexican. You'll have hot dogs, hamburgers. So it, it, it's something for everyone. And mm-hmm. then uh, you'll see a flyover. You'll see somebody sing the national anthem. You'll see static displays. So we'll, we'll have a, a car show there of sorts where some of the older veterans and the younger veterans like to see the cars. Um, You'll have live bands playing all throughout. You'll have bounce houses. You'll have Kona Ice doing snow cones for the kids. Uh, But more importantly, you know, it's really nice to get the veteran community together. I I try to take a very non-adversarial approach because as a veteran myself, I never want to feel like I'm broken. And Mm -hmm. I don't want people to make me feel like I'm broken. And that's never our intention. Our intention is to offer this free event. And if you choose, the choice is yours as a veteran, as a family. If you are looking for a specific benefit, the resource provider will be there. And this year, it's going to be really cool. We'll have something called a claims clinic where we'll have raiders on hand. We'll have Mm -hmm. people that work for the Veterans Benefits Administration looking at appeal requests. If you're If your file is stuck in uh, digital limbo somewhere, we'll have somebody there that can look up your records for you. We'll have uh, everything like a one-stop shop. Mm -hmm. So just think about it that way. And like I said, it's completely free to the veteran and their family. And if you want to stay an hour, if you want to stay four hours, there's literally something to do for that entire four hours. And what's great, of course, is that you, you have these thousands of veterans there, which makes it worth the VA bringing this mobile claims clinic out, right? Because if you're just doing it for like a county info session and there might be 25 people show up, they can't justify that expense. But with this, you can't miss, right? So yeah, awesome. So that sounds really great. So, and you mentioned, um, so the the Livingston one is going to be, you know, sort of the larger one. Roscommon is going to be the same concept, but maybe scaled down a little bit, probably more similar to the Washtenaw one that I'm talking about. Um, and I talk a little bit just yeah. to follow, you know, we're sort of sort of following the, the formula that, that we've evolved over the years. Washington is going to be on the 23rd of July. When are yours again? So Livingston County Vet Fest is August 13th from 12 to 4 at the Fowlerville Family Fairgrounds. Roscommon Vet Fest is going to be August 27th from 12 to 4 at the St. Helens Fairgrounds. Nice. And if you go on Eventbrite and you just type in Vet Life, all one word, V as in Victor, E T L I F as in Foxtrot, E Vet Life, that all of our events will pop up. We actually have a we're having a 5K as well this year. Nice. And we're also having a golf fundraiser, and then we're doing a gala in January, a uh-huh. casino night themed gala. So keeping busy, um, I like it. Keeping very busy, and so. Uh, you can also find us on social media as well. Just type in Vet Life Today or on LinkedIn as well. We try to be very active across the social media platforms. Nice. So lots and lots of ways for people to find your different events. And for the Washington Vet Fest, if you're in the southeast Michigan area, um, you know, we're just obviously one county below Livingston, but we've got the, the counties below us in terms of like uh, Monroe and Lenawee and Jackson and Hillsdale. The Washington County Vet Fest is going to be at WCC, which is basically just off of exit 39 on US 23. That's called 
Gettys Road. And if you want more information or to register by getting a ticket, because for all these events, you need to go to the Eventbrite. You need to be registered. You can't just show up on the day of. We need to know that you're coming. you got to get the tickets. So for Washington Event Fest, which is again on the 23rd, that Saturday um, coming up in July, ours is uh, HTTPS, and then it's tinyurl.com. So again, tiny url.com and then slash wash vet 22 so w-a-s-h-v-e-t 22 so tinyurl.com slash wash vet 22 will get you to our page and then josh is giving a lot of great contact information for his so that should be good and again the vet fest washington community college we're going to have the sort of the standard thing we'll have some equine therapy we'll have some military vehicles we'll have some ems vehicles we'll have a kona ice truck we won't have quite the extensive food options yet we're still building our capacity there but we will have a lunch for everybody that will be a minimum of a hot dog chips uh, drink and a cookie and we're working with sponsors to kind of pump that up if necessary and there will be about 40 now we have 40 going on 45 service providers. Uh, Washington Community College is our host and co-sponsor, and their Wadhams Veterans Center is doing a fantastic job um, with support, and they've tended to poured a ton of resources in. So even though this is the first year for Washington Vet Fest, we're going to have a really nice site there, right centered in their turnaround area. So it's really nice, open, beautiful, grassy. We'll have some bands. There'll be a big shade tent. Um, and it's going to be a really great day. Um, also, there will be a raffle. I have a whole bunch of items. One of the most interesting will be uh, a raffling off a ride in a B-17. So there's an actual B-17 from World War II that flies out of the Yankee Air Museum in Ypsilanti. And you will be eligible to win a ride in that for you or someone that you like. Um, so some cool stuff with raffles. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, Josh Josh has uh, volume. He has uh, so much cool stuff in his raffles. So I, I tried to get something really unique because we're, we're at a smaller level. But um, so there'll be, at, at all of these vet fests, it's just going to be the same awesome recipe of a whole bunch of really cool and caring volunteers trying to put together a great event that then brings in the providers and brings the veterans in contact. So I really hope that all of you are listening. We'll go ahead and look up on Eventbrite, the, these different events. And uh, let's now, as we're sort of coming into the, the late phase of uh, this section, I'd like to sort of give the mic back over to Josh, because we've talked about, you know, sort of the evolving things we've done over the years. And I mentioned, you know, that you're doing vet life and you're doing this work in the nonprofit space. But, you know, you have this larger vision that I know you've had for a long time. And, you know, kind of addressing, you know, you and I sort of share these concerns of providing that direct support that veterans need. And then you're doing some really nice work on the systemic side, right, working with legislators and working to get certain things done. So maybe you could talk a little bit about these sort of four different sort of initiatives. You have have four items on your to-do list, and I know that you've been sort of Mm -hmm. chipping away at those. Maybe just spend a couple minutes going over those, let folks know what's going on. And then, you know, perhaps they want to help vet life out. But if nothing else, they should be informed about these great initiatives that are happening here that hopefully could be replicated elsewhere. My, you know, I have my short-term and my long-term growth strategies for, for vet life. Name and brand awareness is getting uh, vet life's name out there through the masses of veterans throughout Michigan, which is why we do these vet fest events is to, to, you know, plug veterans that have already fallen through the cracks into their benefits. I've, I guess, thought about it on a more, you know, macro level, I guess, per se, is I've created what's called this four-point plan. So I have two out of the four points taken care of. So we call the two that I have accomplished, mission accomplished, and the two that I'm working on, missions in progress. Great. So I want you to think about it this way real quick. Uh, Governor Schneider created the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency 
through an executive order because he realized that we weren't doing a good job of taking care of our veterans. Before Governor Snyder created the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, there was either 11, it was either 11 or 13 of the 83 counties didn't have a county department of veterans affairs. So what does that mean? That means that a veteran in Luce County up in the UP would have to potentially travel to Iron Mountain to get the care through the VA that they needed. There was absolutely no reason why the county shouldn't have their own County Department of Veterans Affairs offices. And so I, I did a loose study. I, I went to the 13 counties and I said, all right, why, why can't you get a CDVA? And it always boiled down to, we don't have the money. So I went to Jason Wentworth, who used to work for the MVAA as well. And now he's the Speaker of the House for the state of Michigan. And I said, Jason, you know, we, we need to get these other 11 to 13 counties some money. So we worked together to create what's called the County Veterans Service Fund. So what that does is it's a $4 million annual appropriation built into the annual budget to provide direct monies to these counties. And I'm happy to say, I believe we created that in 13 or 14. I can't exactly remember when, mm -hmm. but now all 83 counties have a county department of veterans affairs office nice mission accomplished on that one second one is more recent i i helped uh well actually i drafted the budgetary language to digitize all of the national guard records in the state of michigan it's a 2.5 million dollar appropriation here's why that's so important and this will blow your mind when I worked for the state, I got a phone call from this veteran. He's what we call a hybrid veteran. So the veteran did half active duty service and half National Guard. Mm -hmm. And because he was deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, all of his federal records come back to the state of Michigan and get commingled in with his National Guard records. Well, come to find out that 90% of the National Guard records on file are still in paper form. Some are in microfiche, and if you know what microfiche yeah. is, it's like that. Even harder, even harder to find, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So worked with Jason to get that $2.5 million appropriation to digitize these records. So I've been doing this in successive steps. My third, my third prong or my third point to this, it's still a mission, mission in progress, but I created, think about like a patient portal. I call it My Veteran Records, MI Veteran Records. So essentially what it does is after we digitize all your records, we upload them into a patient portal and we give that veteran access to all of their records, whether they need a certificate of eligibility for a VA home loan, their discharge papers, their medical records, anything you can need. Let's say hypothetically that you have a veteran that was other than honorably discharged. The portal prompts you to ask the veteran, would you like to apply for a discharge upgrade? So essentially, it's a one-stop shop, mm -hmm. and we can show direct success through what's called the GDX report, the Geographical Distribution of Expenditures that measures those federal dollars. Mm -hmm. So we know if more veterans are accessing their benefits, that's more money coming down to the sure. local community. So I'm, I'm finalizing that third step. And so here's another where it kind of uh, comes full circle. The third step really focuses on the veterans that have already fallen through the cracks, meaning the veterans that have already built, you know, blended back into society. But we also know that annually 200,000 men and women leave the military and go back to the civilian world. Mm -hmm. And around six to 8% of that population comes back to Michigan. 
So as part of my veteran records, what will happen as well is we're partnering with this retired brigadier general that created this ETS sponsorship program where the Department of Defense gives him access to all the newly returning veterans. He plugs them into like a regional coordinator or a VCAT of sorts. Yeah, that's what Um, you need. Yep. And so we're going to make sure that these men and women don't fall through the cracks and they're going to have access to their military records on their smartphone and they can move to California, Puerto Rico, anywhere they want. And they're going to be able to take their military records with them where in the past, I've literally seen veterans come into Mm -hmm. my office carrying a briefcase full of their records from the seventies. Never again. I'm going to make sure that all these men and women are getting taken Mm -hmm. care of the right way this time. Cool. And that, is that all four? I got, there were so many, so many things I kind of lost track. Is that three? That was yeah. four, right? Yeah, all right. No, that was the four. So nice. the first was the creation of the County Veterans Service yep. Fund. Second was digitize the military records. Check those off. Yep. Third. Yep. Third was the, uh, the platform that we created, the patient portal type thing. And number four was the ETS sponsorship. Oh, that, okay, so now it. we're, yeah. now we're getting all the men and women that are leaving the military in 2022, 2023, 2024, and we're plugging them into their benefits before they get home. Yeah. And that's amazing because that's the thing, you know, you come home, you get back, all your friends want to see you, you have a couple parties, your family pats you on the back. And then you're like 10 days after you've been home and you wake up that morning and nobody calls and you're sitting there and the feelings are there and you don't know, and you don't have anybody to talk to and you're like, what am I even going to do today? I got nothing, right? And you don't have any idea, like, where to turn or what to do. And, you know, for example, just for example, knowing about Team RWB, or if you're going to be a student veteran, knowing about the SVA, or right. just, just knowing about, you know, get over to the VA, right? You have all these guys. I have so many of these veterans. I'm like, you have a series of very difficult physical problems. Have you ever gone to the VA, A, for care, but B, yep. You could, uh, what's formerly called Vogue Rehab, this VRNE, you know, it's even better than GI Bill. It, it pays for more things, and, and, and you could be eligible for this, you know, a tremendous benefit, but you have to go. You have to go and get evaluated. Oh, I don't know how. I didn't know. You know, and, and then they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, Dr. Fretz, you know, they said they, they just worked out a plan with me. I'm going to go to med school. They're going to they're gonna fund me all the way to med school. I'm going to be a doctor. And I'm like, congratulations, right? Glad you got that benefit, right? So, yeah, wow. this is all great stuff. Stuff because this is yeah. so so important for you know i mean for the individual is what we're not really about but as you've mentioned repeatedly the reason why this is such a slam dunk and why it's i think we're getting the support we get for the for in the pol- political side is that this is just such obviously a slam dunk good idea for the communities and the state itself yeah, yeah. all right well this has been super interesting i hope everyone has enjoyed this as much as i did we've heard some great initiatives coming through vet life um and so you know vet life at life today search for that online and on the Eventbrite. also the Washtenaw County Vet Fest uh, that's done by Washtenaw Community College and the Wadhams Veteran Center and VCAT 9. All great events. I hope you've learned a lot and are intrigued and will come and attend um, because, again, the you, you vets out there, you're the ones who make it great. So if you are a vet or you know a vet, please let them know, and hopefully we'll see you at the Vet Fest. Thanks again to my uh, friend and awesome guest today, Josh Parrish, and for his information on vet life and everything else. It's been a wonderful time talking to you, and uh, we'll catch you out there helping vets somewhere. Have a Thanks, good one. Eric. All right. Hey, that was pretty interesting stuff, I thought. That was uh, Dr. Eric Fretz and um, Josh Parrish uh, talking all about their organizations, uh, VCAT 9, and his uh, nonprofit, the Vet Life Today. Um, as I mentioned, this program 
the uh, Vet Fest is coming up on uh, Saturday, the 23rd of July, 2022, and it's going to be held at uh, Washtenaw Community College here in Ann Arbor. That's on East here on River Drive. Shouldn't have any problem finding it. It's going to be a great day. There's going to be veteran service officers there. There's going to be legal help for for veterans over there. There's going to be people from the VA. There's going to be all kinds of services for veterans. And as I said, this is being sponsored by, you know, it's going to be held at, excuse me, on the grounds of Washtenaw Community College. I think it's a great opportunity for all of you to uh, come on out and see what's going on in the in the world of of uh, the veteran community here in Southeast Michigan. And again, I want to again before we break away and at the end of today's program, of course, it's to thank our sponsors, and I'll do that very fast. I promise. That's uh, Legal Help for Veterans. For more information, you can find them at legalhelpforveterans.com or give them a call at 800-693-4800. National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, uh, the nation's leading third-party authority for certification of a veteran-owned business. These, they're going to be out at this uh, VetFest, so you'll find out what I mean, what I'm talking about when I mean uh, to get become a veteran-certified-owned business. It's very important. Uh, Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center, they're going to be there. Uh, the Veterans Lending Council is going to be there. Come on out. I think you're going to have a great time, and uh, we appreciate you listening to today's program. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, Jim Falzon will be the host, and then we come up with our benefits program and answering all the questions that we can for you. Uh, we're going to go out today on today's program with a piece of music that we've been playing, as I say, for 19 years. Many of you are familiar with our Medal of Honor segments. Well, we've had a few requests on what in the world, where did, where'd you find that music? Well, that music comes from the album called Uncommon Valor. And it is, uh, the title of the song is a Commando March, and it's performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. I appreciate all of you listening today. Thank you so very much for supporting our program. And until next week, you are dismissed.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.